Rewinding. Rewinding Kaya FM on FM Rewind. My Money and Me with Sumitra Naidu on the home of the Afropolitan. Do we actually know how much it costs to keep your car on the road every day? Or more precisely, do you know how much your car costs you daily, even when it is parked in the garage because now you work from home? I mean, COVID has changed so many things for us and too many people assume the cost of the vehicle is a repayment of the loan if they have one and the cost of fuel. But in reality, the cost of vehicle ownership extends much further than that. And vehicle owners must know exactly how much they are spending on their cars and where it is going going this is not an asset this is a liability and many people look at it as an asset because it takes you you know to work and back and of course you know public transport is a big issue for us um in south africa it's you know we've been struggling with that for years a lot of people depend on their vehicles um to actually make a living my guest this evening is tsungai masandeke and she's a certified financial planner tsungai always so great to talk to you thanks for joining me Good evening, Samitha, and good evening to your lovely listeners. <laughs> okay, so we're talking about cars. I know, you know, it's it's almost impossible, especially if you're living in Johannesburg, um, not to have a car because you need to get around. Um, but do we spend enough time thinking about um, how much we're spending on this car, how much it's taking out of our monthly budget? Brilliant, brilliant conversation. And I hope people are actually tuned in tonight because I think over 80% of the people that go into a dealership to buy a motor vehicle uh, do not actually anticipate the unknown or the once-off or incidental cost of actually owning a car. A lot of people make the mistake of thinking that the motor vehicle repayment plus fuel are the two expenses they will have on an ongoing basis and yes they are right they'll probably be the two largest ones but there are additional expenses you need to actually look into or focus before you make that commitment of purchasing a motor vehicle okay let's go through some of the things if you're buying a vehicle say you you need a vehicle you want to buy one um you could look at second hand you could look at brand new whatever it is let's go through some of the things that we need to take into consideration before actually purchasing a car excellent Sumitra. so the first and foremost thing that you need to consider is obviously motor vehicle insurance so what is motor vehicle insurance it allows you to return to the position you were in before a risk event the risk event could be uh, a motor vehicle accident and there are different types of insurance they could be comprehensive where you are covered for any losses and the other individuals that are involved in the motor vehicle are also covered uh, by your insurer in terms of um, any losses they incur. Then there's third-party insurance, which tends to be cheaper because you then say, I would rather take on any losses uh, or liabilities in my personal capacity. However, for the other parties involved in this uh, motor vehicle accident, for example, I'd like the insurer to uh, replace any losses those individuals incur. So insurance, motor vehicle insurance is one critical aspect you need to consider. But with the motor vehicle insurance as well comes additional 
national security measures you need to take into consideration, such as having a motor vehicle tracker. Um, most insurance companies will package the tracker in the motor vehicle insurance, but please make sure you shop around. Dealerships will often offer a, uh, a package for motor vehicle insurance that's tied into the monthly repayments, but make sure you shop around so that you actually get the best deal, the best value for money. What are your thoughts on whether one, for, for somebody that's starting off getting a new car, should they actually go in to buy a brand new car or maybe start off with something small, secondhand, um, and in order to maybe even escape the, the finance part of it? Is that possible? I mean, is that something that uh, people should be looking at before getting tied down with a five-year finance plan? I love that question, Sumitra. You know why? Because a lot of people have the misconception that they need to be driving a car that has got zero kilometers in terms of mileage. And that's a fallacy. I, for one, have actually done the math. I've done various permutations and calculations. And basically, if you are going to be buying a car brand new, that car, the moment you drive out of that uh, beautiful driveway, you've left them there beautiful bow and um, that amazing black canvas that they put on the car, um, it loses 20%. It depreciates by 20% by simply driving out of the dealership. So I am a sucker really for secondhand vehicles because the first time owner is the one who's taken the knock in terms of that 20% depreciation. So if it's within your capacity and you um, have done your own research, make sure you can you actually consider second-hand vehicles because um, you don't then incur that upfront 20% depreciation in the value. I'm hearing from you that we should be doing a lot of homework before we get into this. Figure out what you need the car for, figure out the costs that you're getting into, realize that if you're buying a brand new car, there is going to be this massive depreciation, um, that it's not worth, the value drops immediately, right? And then there's insurances, there's the tracker, all of that. Is it also not vitally important to make sure that if you're buying a secondhand car, going back to the homework side of it, is to ensure that you are covered for anything that may possibly break, um, you know, tires and all the rest, because these are the things that come with a secondhand car. I, I'm generalizing. Um, so another important consideration is the annual service and maintenance costs. So to have a motor vehicle, um, there will be running costs, which you said are the fuel, but also you will need to maintain the vehicle. So things like tires need to be changed. You're not going to have these tires until, until Jesus comes back. You need to make sure that on an ongoing basis, again, depending on how frequently you wear out your tires, you change them. Um, on average, if it's a 13-inch tire, those go for approximately 500 rand. So if you're changing four tires at once, that's already 2,000 rand you need to commit to once off uh, so that you can do the noble thing to drive a roadworthy uh, vehicle. Um, in addition to that, uh, there will be servicing that will be required of the car. You will need to change things like wipers. You'll need to change things like, like uh, uh, spark plugs, uh, brake pads. So you want to consider a full comprehensive suite in terms of uh, maintenance uh, and servicing of the motor vehicle, especially if it's a second-hand car that's out of motor plan. 
So that's an additional cost you want to factor in. Again, find out from various dealerships if you can get a good price, a good bargain in terms of that maintenance or service plan before you buy your car. I mean, a lot of secondhand cars would come with that. You know, um, you you could buy a secondhand car and you could still have the plan. Uh, Probably, you know, if it's a five-year plan, you could get three years left over of that plan. But there are options for extending with your insurance company or with the company that you're buying the car from. Definitely. And I would advocate that people actually do consider buying second-hand cars that still have a balance in terms of the motor plan or the service plan. But as soon as um, your motor plan or maintenance plan or service plan are coming to an end, please make sure you get in touch with the appropriate dealerships to extend it. Uh, what I've found, and I, this was a very hard and expensive lesson, is if they tell you that uh, the warranty or the service plan or the maintenance plan is either three years or 100,000 kilometers, I promise you within a month, two months, three months of hitting yeah. either the three-year mark or 100,000, it's almost like that cost us to fall apart. So make sure you get the appropriate extension so that you're covered from a financial perspective. You said earlier, you know, you did a lot of calculations. Do we know how much it costs on average to own a car in South Africa? So based on some research that was done by Wizbank in 2019, uh, to own a motor vehicle firsthand costs approximately 7,650 rand. And this is the running cost, um, including things like your e-tolling, parking, uh, petrol, um, oil, uh, your finance agreement. Um, So on average, uh, for a first-time car owner, you need to be prepared to fork out on average, 7,650 um, to get the ball rolling or the wheels rolling. That is actually quite a big amount. I mean, to have that every month. So, you know, if something like, you know, if, if something happens that you lose your job or you're on half pay, whatever it is, coming up with that 7650 just for the car is uh, is big. I mean, this is a big amount. It's a huge financial responsibility, Sumitra, which is why in the advent of COVID, I've been advising a lot, of, a lot of clients. If you've lost your job, if you've been retrenched, or you've had a salary reduction and you cannot afford to uh, uh, pay that monthly installment on an ongoing basis, do the noble thing for yourself. Be kind to yourself and return that motor vehicle. In lockdown level two, half the time these cars are parked lavishly in our parking lots or in mm-hmm. our garages. So there is no reason for you to be incurring this additional financial responsibility or obligation, especially if you are not managing financially. So if you realize that you cannot afford uh, to pay that 7650 on an ongoing basis for the foreseeable future, then do the right thing by yourself. Go back to your dealership and return that motor vehicle. Um, all good things come to an end, but again, there is an opportunity for you to do the right thing so that even after COVID or post-COVID, you still have a good credit rating that will enable you to then borrow again for another motor vehicle. Afropolitans, if you've just joined us, uh, I'm talking to uh, Tsungai Masandeke. She's a certified financial planner and we're talking about cars. We're talking about the cost of maintaining a car, the cost of owning a car um, and, you know, basically the cost of driving that car up and down. Um, are you actually managing 
managing it. If you have any questions for Sungai, give us a call. The number is 86 uh, guy, you know, you, you said something really interesting, those flashy cars sitting in the garage. I don't even want to get into that conversation about people spending enormous amounts of money on cars and, you know, they don't have anything else. They don't own property and all their money is getting sucked up by these expensive cars. Um, I just don't understand the logic of that. And you know what, Sumitra, that breaks my heart. Every time I see clients that come to me, they're paying 12,000 rand on a motor vehicle. Um, and half the time that motor vehicle is actually parked in the parking lot, whether it's at work or at home. Um, so unless you have got a really good reason for owning a motor vehicle um, that demands that you pay so much, what you need to reprogram your mind to is a motor vehicle is there to take you from point A to point B. If we go back to the basics, then look for something that will actually not break the bank, but allows you the primary objective, which is going from point A to point B. Um, Another important thing, Sumitra, is that at the end of the day, if you realize that you're suffocating uh, because of this motor vehicle, then it's time to let it go. It pains me so much that over a five-year period, someone can pay in the excess of 500000 uh, for a motor vehicle. That's a depreciating asset for that matter of fact. And yet that same 500000 could have been used to purchase a home and they start generating passive income for themselves and they're on a great path to becoming a legacy creator. So it's about perspective. It's about changing the mindset um, that it's not always about getting the nice flashy car. Sometimes what's worth it is actually to start building real assets and not depreciating assets. I want to go back to the calculation. You know, we we, we often talk about the monthly installments and this is where a lot of people get caught up because they look at, look, I'm earning say 30,000 rand a month. This is my bond payment. This is my groceries. This is my car payment. And then suddenly interest rates start going up. Then each one of those payments is moving up, but you, 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 you maxed in that 30,000. So you've got things to pay in that 30,000. Now suddenly if interest rates start going up, you now, even if you 31,000 or 32,000, where's the 2000 going to come from? Um, This is really important to understand the interest rates if you're taking out finance. Absolutely, Sumitra. So a key thing that I always advise my first time motor vehicle owners is do what I call scenario planning. So do the first scenario where you say, if fuel goes up by 10%, can I actually afford to still have this car? If interest rates go up by 2%, 3%, 4%, will I still afford to own this car? Mm-hmm. So if you realize that within a 5% margin or deviation, you will not be able to afford the motor vehicle, then it might not be the right time for you. Second thing is when you actually buy, do not max out your credit. Do not max out in terms of your affordability uh, because this is what happens, like you're correctly saying, if interest rates go up and you've really gone to the edge in terms of what you can afford, you've got no room uh, for, 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 you've got no additional cash flow um, to help you finance um, that additional increase in the interest rates. So do a scenario plan 
for changes in things like fuel, do a scenario plan for cha- uh, things like changes in uh, either interest rates, uh, do a scenario plan even in terms of annual licensing fees. You know, you need mm-hmm. to license your motor vehicle on an ongoing basis. If there is a significant increase in the licensing fee, do you stand in good stead to actually uh, afford that uh, motor vehicle? So I think those are some key elements um, in terms of that variability. And I think another important thing now that you mentioned that um, deviation in terms of interest rates, we are bound to get motor vehicle fines. And that's a variable cost that you also need to be mindful of. You're going to get... uh, Parking yeah. tickets. I You're was going just going to gonna say, if you, go to, if you go to renew your license, um, mm. you can't actually renew it without paying over the fines. Um, yes. Um, Tsungai, hold on a second. We've got Zweli calling from Alberton. He wants to know what happens to the contract when you return the car to the dealership. Good evening, Zweli. Good evening. How are you? Good, thank you. Thanks for calling. Tsungai, do you want to answer his question? Yes, sure. yeah, Thank you so much, Sveli, for calling. Yes, my question is, since I have the contract with the bank, not the dealership, ah. what then happens to the contract? Because if I, if I surrender the vehicle voluntarily, I may not have the recourse. Uh, let's say the bank decides to blacklist me because I still owe them the money. So what then happens to the contract between me and the bank? Brilliant question, mm. really. So remember, um, the bank is better off with you approaching them to renegotiate the terms of your original contract or actually just giving ba- giving them back the asset itself. Um, so you are in a position to negotiate with your bank. They can do a valuation, which you then can agree to in terms of um, either there being a residual value and you have an, uh, an agreement to actually pay that residual over a certain period of time because sometimes what happens is the market value versus the book value might actually not be the same. There might be a difference but I promise you, paying that difference on an ongoing basis might actually be a cheaper option compared to suffocating yourself to financial debt by trying to pay the monthly repayment. So once you've taken back the motor vehicle to the dealership, the dealership will contact the bank, obviously, and then an agreement has to be reached in terms of what would be an amicable value for the bank to write off that debt. But also, if there's any sort of residual, you are at liberty to negotiate that because you've been uh, loyal enough to actually come. Remember, the process of debt collection is a very expensive one. So they prefer that you own up if you cannot actually afford it and you come to amicable terms in terms of uh, dissolving that initial or original contract. I think that's uh, really good advice. I think that's always the case. Do not start avoiding the calls. Do not run mm-hmm. away. Um, do not stay silent. Go in and have a chat with them. You know, explore all your options. And especially now during COVID, um, you know, the banks are willing to uh, negotiate with you. They're willing to make extra measures available to help you pay that. And as you said, Sangai, it is it, it costs them a lot to actually send people after you to collect that money. So um, I think, uh, Zueli, you should actually just speak to them and rather say either take it back or let's renegotiate and maybe give me, a, you know, a bit of a relief and you can sort that out. Unfortunately, we've run out of time. Um, this was a great discussion and I think maybe we should pick it up in future shows. But thank you very much. Thanks, Zueli, for calling in. And Sungai, always great to talk to you. Thanks so much for your time this evening. Sungai Masandeke is a certified financial planner. My Money and Me with Sumitra Naidu every Tuesday from 8 to 9 p.m. Kaya FM, home of the Afropolitan. Rewinding. Rewinding Kaya FM on FM Rewind. Visit kayafm.co.za for more.